Hasha Sheen, and welcome back to Woken Bake. I'm your host, Bill, and today I am joined by coaches Seth Stacy and Giovanni Devera. Now, Seth has been on the podcast a few times, and he'll break down his resume in a few minutes. However, this is Giovanni's first step into the Woken Bake podcast arena. Now, that being said, we have done more than a few Instagram lives, and I don't really know what that means by more than a few. If a few means two, then actually I don't think that we've been, then we've done more than a few. We've done a couple. I think that would be the proper, uh, the proper term to use. We've done a couple of Instagram lives, and we've talked about some fights, but today the three of us sit down over the Zoomy Zoom and we get to talking about this Friday's uh, fight before lockdown, lock, lockdown something or other, knockout lockdown thing. They're the fights. The fights at the All-American Training Center. Main event is Doug McFresh taking on Mr. Sean Whitmore. But what, what, what you're not seeing on the flyers is the names of the rest of these fighters. And we go into who some of those fighters are. We have former AFC champions on the discard. We have guys that are, are true contenders in the AFC, uh, which is the Alaska Fighting Championship. And we have their commentator, uh, Giovanni, who uh, is one of the guests on the show, breaking down why these fights are important and why some of these fights are worth watching. Now, did I mention that Gio is the commentator for the AFC? If I didn't, not only is Gio a coach, but he's also the commentator for the G for the uh, AFC. So he's getting to play ca uh, play matchmaker here and see the fights that he kind of wants to see uh, as a fan. And so, from one fan to another, I'm really open to some of the ideas that he puts forth. Now, he and Seth are OGs in every sense of the word in this Alaska fight game. They know everybody. They know who's who. And they've been around for a minute themselves uh, doing it. So with that being said, we talk about all kinds of stuff. For example, did you know that Coach Seth Stacy and UFC middleweight contender have a mutual win over an opponent? And I've said it on the lives, and I'll say it on the podcast. I think Cannoneer's Declan Stacy. I think that that is why Cannoneer went down south, got into the UFC, and dropped down to middleweight. He's ducking south. It's the only thing that makes sense. Nothing else in that, uh, in, in the way that goes, makes sense. There's no good reason for Jared Cannoneer to not stay at heavyweight and not stay in the AFC and take on Seth Stacy. The fans are demanding it, Jared. The fans are demanding it. No, in all seriousness, we had a blast, and I look forward to having more sit-downs, more conversations uh, with uh, Coach Gio and Coach Seth on a whole host of other topics, including upcoming fights in the UFC, which, by the way, those are things we talk about. We talk about the Curtis Blades and Derek Lewis fight going on this Saturday on ESPN+. Plus. But this Saturday, if you are in the Kenai Soldatna uh, Homer area on the Kenai Peninsula in Alaska, there's a very decent chance you might be at the All-American Training Center for the the lock, the fights, the fights, the fights that are going on at the All-American Training Center. 
I'd like to give a very solid shout out to Red Run, to Iron Asylum, and to 10th Planet Soldata for all of your support. I will give you more information on those three fine organizations. All right, and without any further ado, ladies, gents, and others, here's the podcast. Seth, you've been on the podcast before. You, it's been a few months at at least. Uh, I think the last time you were on was uh, back in November, October. Uh, Was back in October. Um, Yeah, it's been a bit. So, if you'd like to reintroduce yourself, that would be great. Um, And then we can move on to who Giovanni is and why he is our esteemed guest this evening, afternoon, this time. Okay. Well, uh, I'm Coach Seth. Um, I own a gym at AK-49 Martial Arts here in Soldotna, Alaska. Um, I teach kickboxing, mainly striking uh, for MMA. I am a black belt under Dwayne Ludwig. Yeah. Um, I'm also a coach of a UFC fighter, Victor Rodriguez. Um, Studied, trained martial arts for... 13, 14 years. Um, well, actually, I have obsessed over martial arts for the last 15 years. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, I basically, uh, I help run the website for Dwayne. Um, Bang Muay Thai kickboxing.com. That's what we're doing now, transferring over to that. Um, I'm an affiliate coach for him. I help him actually run the affiliation. 50 different schools all over the world. Um, so, yeah, I do quite a bit of things for martial arts. And uh, also, I work like three other jobs outside of that. So that's what I do. I do a ton of work. <laughs> so, um, well, when it comes to um, running websites and then running an online curriculum, how, uh, how do you think that has helped your understanding of um, kickboxing as a martial art? Um, well, first off, um, like anything that you're kind of doing, uh, kind of like actually Elon Musk talks about is you got to understand the principles of things and, um, watching the videos and starting from the beginning and basically watching every video and breaking down every video for Dwayne, I have to process that information. So I'm aware of it, right? Whereas a lot of people that watch a video for entertainment value, and I'll watch it three or four times each video, five times each video, and I'll process that information. So that's been a big help to me as far as information. And then um, it gets me in that idea of like studying and growing and looking for the for the information. So then I take that and then uh, I'll go and look for it in like uh, like in um, would you say like fight tutorials. Right. There's other people out there and we'll take and look at live fights and we'll break down and look. I'd look for the techniques that Dwayne would be conveying in his regular instructionals and try to understand their those concepts. Yeah. And then after that, I would then take that and try to see it from my own mind's eye in the live combat so that I could process it and see that in real time. But so that's yeah, that's what would really I would have to say a big proponent of taking that information, processing it, breaking it down, running it through, 
then looking for it and then trying to see it through my own set and comprehend it. That's how, that's how the online Academy has helped me. And then being able to teach it and reiterate it. Um, me, it was like I was locked in the room with Dwayne and I could listen to him talk to me over and over and over. So if uh, my dumb ass didn't understand what he said the first time, I could listen to it three or four times and go, oh, so, you know, video learning is super valuable, right? It's like a notebook that just talks back to you. So that that's how I would say that truly legitimately helped me, video learning. Yeah. I'm sure we're, we'll touch on, on a lot of other stuff throughout the course of the podcast. Giovanni, would you please introduce yourself? What up, coach? Gangsta? <laughs> What's up? My name is Giovanni Devera, and I am the... One of the commentators for the AFC, the Alaska Fighting Championship, and I'm a super fan of every sport, especially any combat sport. And yeah, I know a few guys around town who fight. Couple. So, so without breaking down your experience with the uh, with pretty much the entire Alaskan mixed martial arts community over the course of the last I don't know how many plus years, you said since high school before. Um, so. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on this Saturday at the All-American Training Center and who you guys, who you guys uh, have fighting, why you chose the fights uh, that you chose, and let's talk, about, uh, let's talk about everything other than the main event for now. Okay. You want to go first, Coach? What's that? You want to go first? Um. Can you guys hear me okay? I can hear you okay. Can you hear us? Yeah, can you hear it's us? It's quiet. Can you speak up? Do you have a volume? By chance? Um, I mean, I, I can hear you, like, loud and clear. Yeah, same here. Okay, I'll probably put my headphones back on because it's pretty quiet. Um, give me one second. All good. All good, Coach. Um. Okay, yeah, you sound a lot better. There you go. That's what I need. So, um, what was the question again? It was about All-American Training Center and who I got fighting and competing and why we're doing that? More or less, yeah. Who, who's fighting and why did you pick the fights uh, that you picked? Okay, well, um, actually, I don't in particular have anybody fighting personally myself. Um, Doug is a student at my gym. I'm helping him out. Uh, Nate is actually going to corner him. He's one of my students, and Christopher Fawn is one of my students. And uh, I believe in kind of sharing the concepts of bringing people up and coaches, so I'm giving them the priority um, of being there to help uh, Doug for his camp. Um, that way, you know, they get the experience of what it's like to be a corner man, and they get the growth and so on and so forth. Yes. Um, Doug has been a longtime friend of mine, right? So um, I'm never going to not help my friends. And plus, Doug would fight regardless of whether I was there or anybody else was there or not. Uh, Doug, Doug's just got heart like that. Um, but I think Doug is better off with us being there to help him and be supportive than without. Um, so, yeah, we take care of our friends and our family. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we're – 
making sure that he's good there. That's what we're doing, taking care of him. So that's the main focus. He's been working hard. He's been training hard. That's good to so, hear. Um, so aside from uh, Doug Fresh and Sean Whitmore, can we can we talk about the the, the, the other fighters on the card? Um, now, how many of the fighters that are on the card are previous AFC fighters that maybe guys that we could look up on something like Fight Pass or YouTube? Let me see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So nine guys, well, without the main event guys, we have nine guys who have fought in the AFC at least once before. So for the most part, uh, aside from the, the, the unaired um, – stuff like this is stuff you can go on to fight pass and you can look up and you can see who these fighters are you can see what their wins are their losses but i, I think yes. the important thing is that you get to see it um and you get to um this is opening up uh new fighters in a different market but with with covid being uh COVID shutting everything down uh, for a lot of these guys um this this is going to be their first time to fight at least since february or march if I'm not mistaken, how, how many of these guys were chomping at the bit just to, to get into the ring or get into the cage? Every single guy on this card was dying to get on this card. <laughs> yeah, we were supposed to do this in December, right? And that yeah. fell through, yeah. So yeah. they've been hanging along a long time. Um, sure. Who are some of the fighters that um, we should be really keeping our eyes on this Saturday? Uh... A lot of them. I'll start with one guy here. Uh, just because he's coming to my head as a uh, Michael Graff. I believe, you know, uh, he used to be the AFC middleweight champion. He's dropping down to Walter weight, but a lot of guys on this cart won't be cutting weight. They'll be stepping up a weight. That's the fight. And uh, Michael Graff is primarily a striker at a legacy jiu-jitsu, and he'll be fighting another striker. He'll be fighting a guy named Devin Paulson. Who's only three and one in MMA, but he's had tons of boxing experience at a Thursday night fight and at Billy Christensen's show in uh, the Valley of uh, the Ace Combat. So, and you know, me and Seth, we're striking coaches, so we're going to like that. <laughs> um, Bite down and chuck it. Right? <laughs> So one of the things that, that the AFC uh, has been really, really good um, about oh. in the last uh, few years is putting fighters into that, that bigger show. Are these guys that, um, I don't know, is it like getting on, getting on the, the show early, like getting to see some of these fighters that, that are going to be moving on to larger events? I mean, I've, I've seen some of the, the legacy guys in, in grappling competitions just a few weeks ago. Um, right. And they've got some solid fighters, uh, some solid athletes all around coming out of that camp. Um, but there's a lot of athletes throughout Anchorage uh, that are, are doing uh, just that very thing. Um, I'm assuming we're going to see some of the, those uh, guys on the card. Who are some of the other names we, we should definitely be keeping our eyes open for? Well, outside Micah Graff, who's several, um, we have a guy fighting at 135, Alex Ashenbrenner. He's got a, quite a few fights under his belt. Um, He's, I want to say he's like something like nine and five or ten and five. Also, we got a guy, uh, Patrick White, who's eight and one. And, uh, that guy's with, pretty good. Along, along with Michael Graff, I'd say those are three names you want to look out for. You know. Um. So Patrick, uh, Patrick White's coach is pretty awesome. <laughs> so is Patrick White your uh, your athlete? Yes, sir. Yes, he's mine. 
Yeah, I heard he's got a pretty classy, well-groomed coach as well. Yeah, pretty awesome. Mediocre. <laughs> on a regular basis. It's crazy. Um, so when you were um, – Yeah, the original December card – What's up? Yeah. No, that, the original December card was um, the one that got postponed. It was supposed to be – what was it, Coach? December 12th or something like that? Yeah, that was a, uh, December 19th. Right, that was a super card, and I, that was a super, super, super card. Yes. That yeah. was a super card. This one's still good. This one's still solid, but like um, some of the names we weren't able to match up this time around. But uh, hoping, hoping to do that in the future. Thanks yeah, for yeah, nothing. for sure. Yeah, exactly. Lame vid. <laughs> you should call it lame vid. Yeah, exactly what we should call. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, Seth, um, now that we've got you here, this was a topic of conversation, uh, that myself and Giovanni had Facebook live a couple days ago. Um, Uh you and middleweight contender, UFC middleweight contender, Jared Cannonier have Uh a mutual win over Alton Prince. Now, are you <laughs> yeah. go so far as to say that Jared Cannonier left the heavyweight division in an effort to duck you? Duck me? No, no. Jared Cannonier is an incredible athlete, dude. I'm a super fan of his. Me too. Guy, he's uh, my, probably my favorite UFC fighter. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. And then his transformation and his willingness to move out of here. And uh, to, to, you know, like, to, to find a, a new gym and to grow. And then to listen to his coaches and then evolve and then cut weight to 185 to his prime. Mm-hmm. And, and just his willingness to fight. Like, I love the dog, man. Like, he, he, he's there to fight. He's about that life, you know. And that's a special human being. Yeah, it's a, he's, he's a... I, I never got to meet him. I'd love to meet him sometime. Uh, I think I think a lot of him, you know, um, of what he's done, and to fight on that level. And I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure at some point in time he'll be a champion. Oh yeah, I agree. He, I think he's got everything. I think it just takes time. I think it's just going to take time for him. He has everything to be a champion. He and, and Adesanya are really the only fight I would I, I want to watch at middleweight. Uh, right now, right now, I think that, and and I think that one of their mutual opponents in Anderson Silva dictates how that fight would go. Like, it, it seemed you know, like Jared Cannonier was like a Sith Lord in that match, and he was there to kill his heroes. Uh, well, I'd like to see him fight uh, Whitaker again. I mean, he had a broken arm in that yeah. fight, you yeah. know, and to fight through that. Um, I'd like to see him get back um, because that was a hell of a war, even though Whitaker, you know, ended up victorious in that fight. Uh, Maybe maybe he needs to win a couple more or, uh, you know, win another and then try to rematch Whitaker. But I think Cannoneer, with a few uh, adjustments, can beat him. He's definitely tough enough and durable enough, which is good. Um, he has the skill set um, to do that. I just think he needs to change up a strategy a little bit with Robert. So just a little bit. 
if you were his coach, if you had five minutes to tell him, uh, five minutes or less to tell him what he should be doing to, to what adjustment it would be to make, what would you tell him? Um, now I got to remember this every bit of this fight, right? Um, I would counter Robert's kicks. I'd tell him, uh, like, anytime Robert goes to kick, you need to punish him for kicking. Anytime. Don't don't lay back and absorb the kicks ever um, because people get so lackadaisical and relaxed stopping kicking so they don't do anything, right? It's uh, like the end of uh, the exchange, and it's okay. So I would punish him for that uh, or have uh, Jared punish him for that. The other thing is, is Robert likes to use the same kind of entries all the time, repetitiously. That's what uh, Israel Adesanya, that's how Israel got him. That's how Israel knocked out uh, Robert. So I would try to work on those concepts of understanding how to take the rhythm back from Whitaker and break that rhythm with him. Those would be the two main concepts that I would utilize because that's what I saw Israel do with Robert, and that's kind of the breakdown in, in Whitaker, right? Kind of a little bit of his kryptonite there. Yeah. And I watch that fight a lot. What, what do you think, Coach? Same thing. And, you know, it's kind of hard to tell because also, did he break his arm in the first round or the second round? Do you guys remember? I believe first. I thought it was like, this, I thought it was like the second round. You'd okay. know better than, better than me, Coach. Um, I thought it was the first, one, first round. Coach says second round. I'm going with second round now. I stand corrected. I liked everything, we'll Coach. It up. I like everything you said, Coach Seth. Uh, another thing I'd say, he didn't fight that fight right hand uh, southpaw, so I wonder if that was the game plan, you know. But uh, orthodox or southpaw, I mean, it's hard to say because he broke his arm, but I'd like to see him use his jab and faint more. That's it. Get a little more active. If it seems like he's been, he was waiting a little bit, but it could have been because his arm was fucking broken. I mean, I don't know, you know. That's it was it was the first round. It was the first round. He fought three rounds with a broken arm. Yeah. So yeah, I thought it got broken the first or the first part of the second round. But so there you go. For even longer, it sucked even more. Yeah. 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 And that's it. It's like I mean, what what can you do with that? Like I think there should be a rematch. I think Cannoneer can win that fight. And I think Cannoneer needed to move forward. But there was some things. Uh, Jared kept throwing repetitive same stuff. He needed to adjust it and use certain setups, you know, vary that a little bit too. But I mean, we're just being, I'm being hypercritical there, not on him, but like the strategy, right? Right. You know, um, I, I'm not in there. I mean, is Whitaker versus Paulo Costa already set or is that not signed yet? You know, I don't know. No, I, I know Paulo Costa is already trying for Whitaker. I've been focusing on focusing on Israel and uh, Jan. That's a fight I want to see, anyways. I was telling Will, I like I like Darren Till versus Canyon or Kelvin versus Canyon. Those are the two ones I want to watch. Kelvin is uh, would be a great fight, right? Kelvin would be a great fight, especially after his performance on this last card. Mm-hmm. He did great. The, the, the issue with that is uh, one of uh, Jared coming off of, of the loss against Whitaker, uh, Till, I believe, is also coming off of the loss. Um, so Whitaker lost, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, yeah that was um, so 
So I think I think guerrilla on guerrilla warfare is. Uh, I mean, Darren Till's actually going to fight Hermanson. I could be wrong though. I could be talking to my ass, but I think he's up to fight Hermanson. Darren Till fight anybody. Like it's one of my favorite things about him is you know like I think for enough money he'll, he'll fight his mom. Um, if not, it'll probably a strong grappling match. Um. Yeah, I. That's um. I don't know. I don't want to play matchmaker with with Jared Cannonier. I just want him to to get healthy and and do what he does again. Um, one of the the topics that that I've uh, enjoyed lately is um, with fighters getting older, um, moving into many, some fighters moving into bare knuckle boxing, some fighters moving into uh, submission uh, grappling uh, competitions. If there were fighter, are there any fighters you'd want to see in a bare knuckle match, or who would you want to see in a submission grappling match, and why? I hate the bare knuckle. I hate the bare knuckle boxing. I think it's stupid. I think that's. Um, I think it's just tearing them up. You know, like I mean, I feel bad. I just feel bad for anybody that's doing that. I think it'd be better to see them do submission stuff. I think they can get paid well and uh, take way less damage and uh, probably stop a lot of broken hands and yeah, a lot yeah, of development. Yeah, yeah and well, a lot of development of CTE. <laughs> I have a different answer. Realistically, we would want to see um, AFC veteran Eddie Hoke fought an event or two ago in bare knuckle boxing. I guess he has some amazing performance. I only saw the highlights, but I want to see Eddie Hoke make a lot of money. Eddie Hoke versus someone that will give him a lot of money. What's his well, weight class? For that, I'd like to see him, you know, but yeah, Eddie, I'm just Eddie talking Hulk about the bare knuckle. <laughs> Eddie Hoke fought in the AFC at, at welterweight England and lightweight, I believe. He even fought for the title against Nick Hearn Webb, the AFC owner. And uh, yeah. he's out there in Team Alpha. Um... I know Tiago Alves is uh, an Alaskan kid, Alaskan guy. So I'd like one fifty-five or who the big money fight there. But um... yeah, I um, I'm not. A, I'm personally not opposed to bare knuckle. But your viewpoint, uh, coach, is going to be a lot different than mine because I'm 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 a consumer, right? Um, right. Well, you and you and Coach Giovanni are looking at it from a different perspective. Although um, I do like uh, talking to Coach Giovanni, and now that we have him on the podcast, can you talk a little bit about uh, doing commentary for um, you know either athletes that you've worked with or athletes uh, that you've uh, you've coached and and kind of dealing with? Oh, did I lose you guys. I don't know. We oh, have there. You. We can see you. Okay. So, what was the question? I'm sorry. Um, so we spoke a little bit about this on, um, on the live. Now you do commentary for, uh, the AFC. You're also a coach. Um, how do you, how do you balance the two things when you are, um, when you've got a fighter that you've worked with a fighter that you've coached, but you also have this other role, um, as, uh, as a commentator, is it, does it ever become hard? Like, is there, um, you run into conflicts and, and if so, what kind of conflicts do you run into? Very few. Very few times I've ran into conflicts. Uh, I was like, see, I don't. I mean, most of the guys I coach, I do, I do, um, I corner, you know. So when I when I do that, it's easy for me to go back and forth between coach and uh, commentator. But when a good friend of mine fights, which is rare, because usually if a good friend uh, of mine, 
I'm uh, cornering, but uh, in the beginning, it was really hard to see some of my guys like, I want to coach, you know, like, what the fuck are you doing? You know better. <laughs> you don't want to, I want to say stuff, you know, but uh, I guess it's got to be professional. I don't know. Uh, what that sucks is professional. Is, what sucks is seeing two <laughs> friends who care about fight each other for, for a goal, you know? That's hard, yeah. That happened. Um, I don't know if you know. I mean, I think Seth knows these guys. Uh, Tyler Milner, a good friend of mine and good training part to my guys. And uh, he fought Charlie Johnson about two years ago. Charlie Johnson, uh, I never really trained him, but uh, I've been around him. He's a good dude, like both dudes. And these dudes want to make it to the UFC or Bellator or whatever, you know. And it sucks that someone had to lose, you know. Someone to get set back a year or two, you know what I'm saying? So that, that really hurts to see that because you see these guys really pour it out. Like, they give it all, you know? So that that sucks to see. It's happened only twice, though. So you're sort of like a Wikipedia of, um, of Alaskan mixed martial arts history. If you were to break down, and I know I'm, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, if you could had to break down um, – three or, or, or four of the most important fighters to come from Alaska, uh, who would they be and why? Oh, wow. Um, number one for me, number, number one for me is the greatest. Oh man, it's hard to say, but one of the, one of the greatest fighters ever come in Alaska, um, he paid away was Julio Paulino. Julio Paulino. Yeah, for sure. He's um, definitely a big one. I believe he was a former light heavyweight and middleweight and mm, – no, former light heavyweight and middleweight champion. I think he's only lost two times in our AFC octagon. had like 24 fights or three times out of like 24 fights in the, in the AFC. Um, that was back then when back – you know, I'm not going to lie to you. Back in his prime, not everyone uh, was well-rounded, if that makes any sense, right? So he was being a lot of good grapplers, but shitty strikers, or great strikers, but shitty grapplers. And he'd, he'd always go where your weakness was, you know? That's a smart champion. Right? That's how you win. Um, dictate the fight. Put it on your terms, yeah. And the, another one I got to say, our first heavyweight champion, and I, just out of excitement factor, some of the best boxing we've seen in our AFC cage was Brian Ryan. I don't know if you guys know who that is. I do. Man, when he would knock people out, it was brutal. The right hand. The right hands of love hooks. Even subtle. Even when I was I remember I remember watching from, from the stands because I wasn't old enough yet to be on the floor and uh subtle feints. Saw these little little feints, you know? And I was like, what is he doing? And I knew that was like I knew he was doing something smart, right? You know? Yeah. It's it's the, sort of that eye opening moment. Boxing really, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, those are those are those those sort of like eye opening moments. Like when I like when my kid throws on me positive oh, fact and learned something. Yeah, you're kinda you're you're kinda breaking up and it, it's getting a little bit choppy, but you're still handsome, so that works. Um <laughs> all right. Um so uh give please give me uh give me some more names and then uh coach Seth. Okay. Uh, well, Lauren Murphy for sure, right? Lauren like he, Murphy. See, I'm going can't deny her. I'm know? going in chronological order here, Coach. <laughs> no, I know. And, I mean, Andy Ends. I mean, Andy I don't. I don't think that there's like he was one of the first ones, right? To go to the UFC, wasn't he? Uh, Julio was the first, or no, Julio actually, Rob, either Julio or Rob Yunt. 
That I think Rob oh. Yet or Rob Yet and Hulu made it before Andy made his AFC debut. I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we also had Doug Evans. Even you know, he was the first Alaskan fighter to win a round. In, yeah. In the, uh, yeah. Just some, you know, Justin, Justin Buckles. Buckles. Yeah, actually, Justin was. Yeah. He, he was a, yeah. He did pretty well too in the UFC for sure. When I think he of him, a lot. Yeah. When I think of importance, though, like we had Mighty Mouse fight here three times, you know. Well, yeah. Well, there you go. Right. Well, when I think of importance, what? Didn't Ben Henderson fight up here as well? Not Ben Henderson, no. 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 I'm but if I were to give three names to the most important people in AFC history, it, uh, I'm going to go Julio Paulino, Brian Ryan, and I might be you know, a little biased here, but Nick Heron Webb. You hear that, Nick Heron Webb? Yeah. Boss man, what's up? All right. Well, uh, Coach Seth, um, can, you think of, uh, can you think of three? Well, shoot, I mean, for, like, Lauren, because she's, like, okay, when she fought Sarah, I felt that Lauren won that fight. And at that time, uh, Sarah was number three in the world. I felt that Lauren won that. Lauren had, like, some ungodly number of strikes from guard, and all Sarah did was just hold her down. Lauren was probably right. Lauren won that. Lauren won that fight. Like there, I mean, on paper she didn't, right? But like, go back and watch that fight. Sarah only held on to her and just took damage the whole time. Sarah never did anything, right? Um, so personally, in my mind, Lauren would, would at that time should have been ranked third in the world, and then looked for a title shot. In my opinion, at that time, you know. Um, Obviously, Jared Cannonier, because look at his performance and look where he's yeah. at in the UFC. That's, right. that's probably the greatest success from Alaska. Yeah, as far as getting out of Alaska, easily Jared Cannonier is easily our most successful, like, yeah, fighter in history, 100%. And then uh, the other one I want to say is Justin Buckles. Uh, right, yeah. Number one, he was a hell of a competitor, but he's also a hell of a coach. Yeah. You know, he studied under Dwayne. He was at uh, Team Alpha Male in its prime, in the dream time, 2013, 2014 era. He yeah. helped coach He helped coach Cody Garbrandt. You know, I mean, even though I'm a Dwayne Ludwig guy, right? But, Did he help um, TJ a little bit? Did he co-coach TJ? What's that? Did he help with TJ as well? Oh, for sure. He was always in TJ's corner. Look at it with the t- title fights when they won with Tenet, who was in the corner. Right. Right? So, Justin, as far as probably one of the greatest coaches coming out of here, too. Oh, and then with his lady, right? He he is a uh, – yeah, he's, a, he's definitely an animal. Um, yeah. And I'll just say I don't really like how they got rid of him from Alpha Male. I think that was kind of a cruddy way to let him go. Um you know, but, you know, whatever, right? Justin just did a great job, and uh, he's been probably one of the greatest assets, you know, yeah, I think outside of here. Coach Seth dropped probably the three biggest names who were successful after leaving Alaska, and I probably dropped the three names that were the most successful in the state of Alaska. So those six, man, that's a dream team right there. Yeah, for sure, you know? Okay. Um, what – Aside from pain, what are you expecting from Saturday night? 
Saturday night. Um, I think it's going to be, you know what? I think it's going to be a great break from all the bullshit. Yes. It's going to be fun. I think, I think there's going to be a little bit of normalcy. Mm-hmm. And I think that everybody needs to get out and go have a few beers or whatever. And watch some people. Beer? Coach, uh, I don't, I don't drink, but I'll buy you one. I quit drinking 12 years ago. That's how I. That's that. That was the representation of my black belt right there, staying clean for 12 years, sir. But I will buy you a beer. I'll switch to a glass of wine. <laughs> All right, you do your thing. <laughs> some super good coffee around here. Oh really? Perfect. Oh, I'm all about that. Hey, you guys, real quick, I gotta drop a name here. There's a name, and I think Will, you you know this guy? You said Charlie Kennedy. Yes. Oh yeah. He's finding a guy named Nick Harrington. And I just got Charlie Kennedy's fighting Nick Harrington. These are two fifty fivers who are just meeting at seventy. That way, because you know we're, they're both like the same weight. Why yeah. cut the weight for you know whatever? But uh, I just have a funny feeling this will be the best fight in the card. I don't know why. So Charlie Kennedy, for those uh, that aren't aware, just came in second uh, in his weight class for Alaska's Baddest Blue. Um, he's he's fought a couple of times down here, but he's. Coach, you, you've seen him probably more than I have. I've seen him on, on the Tenth Planet side. Um, he's been training and he's been active. I don't know if he's been if he's been working his, his kickboxing, but if you are in the local area, if there's a fighter that that you want to watch this weekend, for me it would be uh, Charlie Kennedy. I, he's been he's been working. He's been competing. Um, Seth, do you, uh, Coach Seth, do you have anything you want to add to that? Are you good or? No, I'm just excited to see normalcy and people get out and start getting back and just doing some of the things that we love to do and some of these uh, local uh, athletes and martial artists getting an opportunity to uh, you know, show their craft and do what they love to do. You know, right. I'm excited for that. That's, you know, a good mental, right? I'm excited to see that. Charlie Kennedy's finding a dude named Nick Harrington who's only 1-0. Um, but I'm excited to see uh, – a former AFC vet and a former AFC champion turned coach in Josh Branham. And uh, he was champion when I was still in high school. So, uh, so Josh is fighting? I didn't know that. That's no, Josh, no, Josh is Nick Harrington's coach. Nick Harrington is Charlie's oh. opponent. So for me, okay. a fellow fighter turned coach, I'm super to see what his guys got, you know? Yeah, Josh is creative. I, I like yeah. his fighting style. Last time he fought was when he fought uh, Julian. So right. he won that fight in the AFC, right? Yeah, yeah. He he fought extremely well. He was creative with front kicks and stuff. I remember that fight. Yeah, so, so I'm, I'm really excited to see what he's doing. Zoom Sorry. timing is weird. Zoom timing is super <laughs> weird. Um, <laughs> last week, I did a teacher conference on this. It was so weird. Uh, my, my wife does parent-teacher conferences on them. I... I, I get it. Like all of all of my sympathies. Um, so uh, before we look, before we leave, because I have the cheap free version of Zoom because it's all I need. Um, okay. For the main event in this Saturday's UFC, Derek Lewis versus uh, Curtis Blades. Do you have any predictions other than pain? 
uh, Curtis Blades going to take him down and punch his face in and elbow him. Yeah. Uh, if Curtis if Curtis Blades gets gets reckless, Derek can hurt him. Even like Francis and Ganu, when Francis knocked out Curtis, like Curtis went out and threw a jab, didn't seal up real well, but Ganu caught him on the top of the head, knocked him out in their second match. Right? If uh, if Curtis doesn't respect that potential power, he could get hurt there. But for the most part. Uh, I've seen Curtis train when I when I lived in Denver and I helped coach there a little bit at Elevation. Um, I used to watch Curtis and Overeem all the time, and uh, Curtis's takedowns are something else. Curtis is just uh, awesome. He's he's got incredibly slept on grappling because um, I, I guess you don't see it because you don't necessarily want to see a lot of grappling in the heavyweight division. But his wrestling is really solid, and so that would be my prediction as well, that he's going to take down Derek Lewis almost at will. I don't think that Derek Lewis has spent enough time since his last fight practicing his anti-wrestling. And if that's all he practiced, and I hope he did. I hope he practiced. He doesn't. He practices the overhand and the left kick. (laughs) I have the same prediction as Seth, but I think we're all rooting for Derek, right? Well, you know what? I hope they just Derek throw Lewis. it all to the wind and just, like, huck it. <laughs> you know, what fight was it when Derek Lewis was losing the whole entire fight and it knocks him on the fifth round? What was that? You guys remember that? <laughs> I, I, that. I don't know. I, I wish I could tell you. I, I've seen that man knock people out, separate them from their consciousness, and then then go on Fox and say, I've got to take a shit. Um, <laughs> you know, uh He's got the greatest post-fight interviews yeah, all the, time. The very best. Where's Ross? Um, and then, he, and apparently, he slept on the couch for like two months after that. But he was honest about it. You know, like he's like, how often do you get the opportunity to say something like that? And sometimes you just got to say it because your balls are hot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Derek Lewis is. When, when people say anything about making America great again, they forget that Derek Lewis exists now. That's right. He needs to come back and kill COVID. He needs to. Oh, Will. Ooh. Yeah. It's, I, thought, I thought that was my phone. Uh, or I thought that was my, my Zoom running out of time. All right. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your energy. You guys have a great day. Uh, right, so am I going to see? I'm going to see all you guys on Saturday, right? That sounds you great. Bet. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy. And thank you for, well, for all that good stuff. I I appreciate you. Without you, this podcast would be nothing. And without the following folks, this podcast would be even less. I I know what you're thinking. 
how could this podcast be any less? Well, I don't know. I really don't know. But there are ways, I'm sure, that this podcast could potentially suck more, and I don't know what they are. But without the support of the following people, I can tell you that it would suck more. Who are those fine folks? Well, the first one is Brandon Miller over at Iron Asylum, located at 35165 KB Drive behind Save You More. I have not been there in the last few days because it is beginning to warm up here in lovely Alaska, and so young Hickson and I have been uh, going on walks around the neighborhood. Rather than throwing them on my back for the long walk to nowhere, we go outside, we get some vitamin D, we get some little uh, cold air therapy, and, uh, and we enjoy ourselves. We talk to ourselves, we sing, and uh, and we walk. Well, I walk, he, he mostly sits and gets pushed around. He doesn't do a whole lot of walking because, well, he's a baby. Like, babies don't walk. Well, some babies do, but, like, not at seven months. And if they do, not not my son. My son is, uh, if that's the case, if the if they're walking at seven months, then my kid might be, uh, well, not, not up to par with the other seven-month-old walkers. But that being said, um, we like to go to Iron Asylum. They've got all of the equipment I need, all the equipment I like, all of the equipment I enjoy, everything from treadmills to ellipticals. They've got Stairmasters, they've got rowers, and if you want to take it outside and you really want to battle the elements, good for you. I've done some kettlebell swings out in the cold. I love it. I enjoy it, but they've also got the tires and the sledgehammers, so you can get really busy outside and really enjoy it, but of course, they've also got the traditional uh, powerlifting, uh, powerlifting, your bench press, your big three, your your bench press, your squat, your deadlift. They've got all of the stuff for that to work to make your big three stronger, better, and faster. Whatever it is that you're looking to do, Iron Asylum can assist you with, providing it's like health and fitness wise. If you're trying to, I don't know, if you're trying to paint something, I don't know. They have painters there. Painters come in on a regular basis, so like. Maybe you could talk to a muralist and learn about painting murals. That's pretty cool. All right, moving on. Uh, well, before we go away, like I still got to tell you the important stuff. I've told you where they are. If you want to join Iron Asylum, you've got to call Brandon at 907-953-4720. The gym is open 24 hours a day. So if you wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning with like some crazy, stupid surge of energy, that's a place that you can take your sweet ass for that uh, that crazy boost that surge of energy at 2 o'clock in the morning. Iron Asylum, 953-4720 is the number. Moving on, Red Run, located on the Kenai Spur Highway. They are the growers of fine cannabis, the brewmeisters of Hashade, Strawberry Hashade, and Blueberry Hashade. They also make canna caps, honey sticks, and peanut butter. Now, in retail, they also carry flour from your favorite cultivators and extracts from your favorite extractors. And because Red Run has their own manufacturing facility, it's very hard to beat their prices. They've got $50 grams of concentrates, all right, of shatter. You, you can get like a $40 half gram in some places, but you're not seeing too many places where you can get a full gram of shatter for 50 bucks, all right? That being said, they also carry edibles from Lady Grey and Creative Confections, and they stock Alaskan-made Frontier CBD. Be sure to ask your bud tender for suggestions. Everyone has their favorite. I won't tell you mine. They're all like my children, except one of them actually used to babysit my children. So that's cool. I got a bond. Got a long thing going on. 
Anywho, that's neither here nor there. They know me, I know them, they know what I like, and so that they can make the recommendations. For more information, check out redruncannabiscompany.com as well as Wheat Maps for their current menu. Hash 8 and other Red Run products are available throughout the great state of Alaska. Be sure to check into your favorite dispensary uh, and see if it's available. And if not, demand that they get it. Otherwise, they're not a fine dispensary. It's that simple. All right. Last but certainly not least, 10th Planet Soldatna, led by our friend 10th Planet Black Belt, Curtis Hembroff, frequent collaborator, frequent guest on the podcast. Uh, you're going to be hearing more of him very soon. Anyway, 10th Planet Soldatna is located at the All-American Training Center, which is where the events of this Saturday are taking place. That is in Soldatna, Alaska. Again, that is All-American Training Center, the home of 10th Planet Soldatna. Classes are from 7 p.m. to eh, wrap up around 8.30ish. That sounds about fair because you you roll a little bit after class. You, You get some free rolls in. You get some sweat in with your loved ones. And you go from there. Everyone has a good time. No one cries. No one complains. And everyone tries to kill each other and hug each other afterwards. All right. So, um, yeah, those are us. That's, those are my peoples. Those are the peoples that support me. Those are the peoples that support the podcast. And if you would like to support the podcast, that is one way you can do that. Another way is you can go to the YouTube channel or just hop in on any of the Instagram lives. As it, uh, as it seems... It looks like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday we're gonna be doing regular. Uh, we're gonna be doing regular Instagram lives. You can, you can join us. I'd love it if you did. It would be wonderful if you did. So come in, join us on Instagram Live. If you want to join and participate in the podcast, there are gonna be opportunities coming up very soon at Four Royal Parkers, which, by the way, coming up on May. I'm uh, not May, March 20. I'm gonna go ahead and say it now. We got comedy at Four Royal Parkers. There you go. Four Royal Parkers in Soldado. All right. Love you. And here's your cannabis warning. As per 3AAC 306.360, Alaska Marijuana Control Board Cannabis Use Warning A. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit forming and addictive. B. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. D. For use by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children and youth. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding.